Welcome to episode 85 of Your Kids Next Read podcast, in which we talk about books and reading for kids of all ages. I'm Alison Tate, author of middle grade adventure series, The Mapmaker Chronicles, The Ataban Cipher, and my latest, The Maven and Reeve Mystery Series. Usually I would be here with my co-host, the limbering up Megan Daly, celebrity teacher librarian at Children's Books Daily, and author of Raising Readers, How to Nurture a Child's Love of Books. Megan and I, along with our good friend, author Alison Rushby, are founders of the your Kids Next Read community on Facebook. Search for Your Kids Next Read there to join us. But this week, I'm again serving up something different. In case you're just discovering us, our summer snacks are bite-sized episodes to offer you a feast of authorly goodness over the summer break. Each week, I'm joined by a different Australian author to chat about their latest book, what's coming up for them in 2023, their tips for getting kids reading and writing, as well as a couple of curly summer-based questions. This week, Um, And following on from Inda's recommendation last week, I've actually got Renee Tremel on the menu. American-born Renee Tremel moved to Australia in 2007, where she was immediately captivated by the unique wildlife in this country. Drawing on her background in ecology, Renee began writing stories and creating illustrations that focused on animals and the environment. Renee has written and illustrated seven picture books, including the award-winning Once I Heard a Little Wombat, and Wombat Big, Puggle Small. She's also the creator of the hilarious graphic novels featuring Sherlock Bones and Ollie and Bee. Welcome to Your Kids Next Read podcast, Renee Tremel. It is so exciting to have you here. You are such a community favourite and your books are constantly recommended in the Your Kids Next Read community. So I kind of feel like I've you know pulled off a bit of a coup here by just having you here to chat. I'm so excited to be here. I love listening to the podcast. So it's quite an honor to to be chatting with you in person. All right. So let's start by talking about your latest book, um, which is, it came out in 2022, I believe. So let's talk about that one first. Great. Well, the most recent book I've had out is with um, Penguin Random House, and it's called This Little Joey. And it's a board book aimed at, you know, babies, toddlers, preschool aged, and it's all about um, baby joeys. And what made you think I need to, I need to create a book, a board book about joeys? What made you decide that that was something that you needed to do and had to be out in the world? Well, I I it might have noticed from my accent that I wasn't born and raised in Australia, <laughs> and so um, I wanted to know. I love you know this fascination with wombats, and I wanted to know what you call a baby wombat. Because, you know, you call a baby echidna a puggle and you can call a baby platypus a platypup or a puggle. And I thought, oh, what is a baby wombat called? And I was kind of surprised it was a joey because, you know, we have our kangaroo joeys and our koala joeys. And I started digging around and I realized that joey is the term used for any marsupial baby, any animal with a pouch. And I found that fascinating because the more you look at marsupials, they're not just our possums and our kangaroos. You know, there are mouse-like marsupials that are predators. There are you know, cat-like or, um, you know, just amazing array of of animals that are all marsupials and that they all have a pouch and every single one of their babies, no matter how different they are, is called a joey. And I was really fascinated by that. So I just wrote, it's it's just essentially a, a kind of a little poem about the differences between these joeys. One's really tall, one will always be small, you know, one that likes to hunt and one that likes to jump, things like that. Um, but I just kind of wanted to go through and pick out all these marsupials that I'd never heard of or that I just found very um, underrated. You know, they had just people didn't know enough about them and just try to sneak them into this little book. 
so when you start writing a book like that, do you start with the images or do you start with the words? I started with the words on this one. Sometimes it's the other way around. But with this one, I knew I wanted to do something about Joey's. So I just started making a list of all of these unusual marsupials and what their um, in, things about them that made them unique, whether they had stripes or they jumped or they climbed. And then I made a list of rhyming words that related to those things. And then I tried to pair them up and balance which animals I had. So really it was a word game before it, it was a finished product. And did you know it was always going to be a board book? Does that is that like do you start do you kind of have an idea of format before you kind of put it together, or was that something that developed as you discussed it with your publisher? Yeah, when the original idea I had was a counting book about these different joeys and and a disruptive kangaroo that comes in and says those aren't joeys and. <laughs> Um, but when I did talk about it with the publisher, we thought it might be a nicer, just a, there was a, a need for a board book like that, where we showed all these different Australian marsupials. Um, and I have quite a few counting books. So we thought maybe be a better fit to make this into just a nice, gentle story rhyming about these different joeys. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when we talk to kids about writing, when I go do workshops and things like that, I always say to them, that the best way to really describe a world or show a place or, you know, take someone into a setting is to bring someone new into it, bring someone from the outside into it. Um, and I find it fascinating that, you know, cause something that I think, you know, when you grow up and you know that the, they're joeys, uh, I would never have thought, oh, there needs to be a book about that. But now that you've done that, it makes perfect sense. It's fun. It's a fun fact. You know, when I do my school group visits, um, I will ask them what a baby wombat is called and, and most of them don't know and they they kind of know some of them but then they don't even they've never heard of an antichinus or a fascagale no. you know so you and can neither, really have and fun. neither have I I must admit <laughs> <laughs> it can be a lot of fun I mean just looking at that diversity of, of that that animal group is just amazing fantastic all right so what about 2023 what can we expect from Renee Tremel in 2023 Oh, I'm so excited. I have two new adventures in the Ollie and Bee series, these super oh. adventures of Ollie and Bee, and they're coming out in January. So probably coming very soon. And the first one is titled Bunny Ideas. And the second one is Otterly Ridiculous, because these are all <laughs> full of um, utterly ridiculous animal puns. That's hilarious. And I know that they are big favourites in, in the Your Kids Next Read community. Um, you sort of like made a little space for yourself, you know, that's all your own in, in this sort of area of graphic novels for younger readers. What, what drew you to that sort of, what drew you to that? Well, I love making graphic novels and I really have a good time losing myself in these kind of jokey jokes. And it's a fun age group to write for and to draw for. I can be a little bit silly and, and just bring in all of the bad jokes and fun jokes and take animal, you know, make puns. And um, it, it's, it was just a lot of fun to create. I actually have a really good time. I'm about to sit down and write two more. And it's really fun. Um, I might have to bring in some new animals so I can get some new jokes as you were, <laughs> create some new situations, as you were saying. But um, yeah, it's a really fun age group. My son, when he was learning to read, was very reluctant. and But he was really drawn to the narwhal and jelly books. Oh, and I just, yes. they were really at that time, it was really that, that was the, the, those were the books for that age group period. And it was really, really exciting to then kind of create something that I thought was about that same age range, maybe a little bit older, but um, still hitting those early readers. 
Excellent. All right, now we're going to move on to some Australian summer questions because these are our summer snack episodes. Um, before we start, though, I'd really be interested to know if you've attempted an Australian accent and if you if you can actually pull one off yet. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't sound like your typical American trying to pull off an uh, Australian accent. Oh, this because it's been a bit of, of, of fun on the internet recently of, of, you know, poking fun of US actors who are attempting um, Australian accents. And I, I just thought I might get throw that in to see how you how you were going. Um, let's talk about summer, though. What's your favorite thing about an Aussie summer? Look, I live at the beach, so it would be easy to say the beach. And I am looking forward to summer. It's um in Victoria, any day could be winter. So I'm just looking forward to some warm beach days. But but actually, my favorite, favorite thing is that we have Christmas in the summer. And I absolutely love Christmas in the summer and having a barbecue on Christmas Day and being outside and going to the beach after we do presents in the morning. Like I, I love that. I think it's a it's a great time of year. And it's so fun that we get to do holidays, you know, and have school summer holidays during that time. So you don't miss the, you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, et cetera, et cetera? I've honestly never had chestnuts roasted on an open fire, but no, nah, I don't, I mean, I don't mind going back and visiting the snow every once in a while, but I'm I'm quite happy with having a um a nice, you know, barbecue beach summer. Excellent. Uh, Christmas. Do you have um a tip for inspiring kids to read this summer? Um, I still find graphic novels. I feel like that's a bit self-serving to say, but there are so many amazing graphic novels coming out right now. are already out by both Australian authors and others. I would, I think pulling out those graphic novels, finding something that has a, any topic that your child might relate to and leaving it out on the table and seeing what happens is a great, a great way to get them reading. Um, I find it's just really easy. It's even with my son, he's 12 now, he still, he'll pick up a graphic novel if I, just conveniently leave it on the table for him. <laughs> what about um, inspiring kids to write this summer? Do you have a tip for that? I think for me, the gateway into most of my writing is through drawing. So I would, you know, encourage having a pencil in hand because when kids start drawing, I find they're actually storytelling because mm. um, they start, you know, drawing something. My son loves to scoot and he might start drawing a scooter, but then he starts drawing the skate park. And then this other kid that comes in and they're really good and you kind of end up, getting a story just from your drawing. So I would say encourage, you know, having the pencil and papers out saying draw a story, you know, draw a picture and then start asking questions about the story behind it and then seeing if there's something there they actually want to, you know, put down into words. Great tip. Um, if you were a summer snack, Renee, what would you be? Well, on the healthy side, I would definitely say raspberries because I do love fresh raspberries and cherries in the summer, but I'm also would have to go with the gelato. <laughs> <laughs> So like a cherry, a cherry gelato. Is, is um, I'm definitely a chocolate kind of gal, but chocolate <laughs> with the dark, with the fresh summer cherries and raspberries on top. Fantastic. Um, and lastly, could you please recommend a summer read for kids um, for our listeners? Well, if it's okay, I'm going to recommend two that I've recently finished and, and absolutely fell in love with. Um, the first, the first one is The Jammer by Nova Wheatman. <gasps> How and good is it? I just read it. I absolutely loved it. And this actually, because of that cover, my son wants to read it now with that, you know, skater on the cover. He's actually finding that really intriguing and the idea of Derby. Um, and I also just finished Nairda McMullen's Evie and the Rhino. And oh, that was yeah. another absolutely beautiful read. And they're, they're very different. Um, but oh, what, what beautiful books to sit down and just lose yourself in. 
Fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure spending a bite-sized amount of time with you today, Renee. Thank you so much for your insights and for your recommendation and for your tips. And um, I hope that you uh, enjoy a very nice, long, hot, beachy, barbecue-y kind of summer. Oh, thank you. Same for you, Alison. <laughs> Renee is very much a favourite recommendation in the Your Kids Next Read community, and I think you can hear why in that interview. You'll find all of the books discussed and recommended in our Summer Snacks show notes at yourkidsnextread.com. I'll be back next week with another snack for you, and Megan and I will return with our full program of Quality Waffle, Book Mail, and other events in Episode 87. In the meantime, you'll find me at alisontate.com and on Facebook and Instagram at alisontatewriter. And you can catch up with Megan's summer shenanigans at childrensbooksdaily.com and at at childrensbooksdaily on all of the platforms. Thank you so much for listening.